Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. The following podcast contains details and information about Star Trek Discovery. If you have not seen the latest episode, you may want to go into a stasis chamber until you are ready for this show. Please proceed with caution. Podcast commences in 3, 2, 1. In the last episode of Star Trek Discovery, the butcher's knife cares not for the lamb's cry. The crew is ordered to rescue a mining colony that's under attack by the Klingons. So they have to quickly figure out how to get their spore drive working so they can pop over there in an instant before the miners get blown to bits. Meanwhile, the Klingons are fighting among themselves over who gets to control the cloaking device and who is going to eat the last piece of Captain Giorgio's face. The pig monster that Michael Burnham, Cadet Tilly, Redshirt, and Anthony Rapp from Rent found on the ship has some magical space traveling properties. How the hell did a tardigrade get so big? And how is the crew of the Discovery able to communicate with it? What the trek? Welcome to the podcast where we fabulously explore the strange new episodes from the TV series Star Trek Discovery. I'm your ship's captain, Fausto Fernos, who, just like Jean-Luc, is from France but speaks with a British accent. I'm from Puerto Rico and speak with a Chicago accent. Because when you travel the universe, you pick up a lot of strange mannerisms. Please welcome my first officer and husband, Mark Felian, who has only one job to do on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it anyway, okay? Please welcome Brian Sweeney, the ship's science officer who programmed the replicators to make all the foods to come out looking like extra-sized dongs. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And our communications officer, Colette Gregory, is away on some bullshit mission on some planet where aliens have stupid shit glued to their faces. And so, due to low ratings in the series, we're replacing her for now with exolinguist Foxy Kim, or as we nicknamed her, 7 of 69. State your designation. (laughs) She was raised in a board collective, but she's all woman. Wow. Underneath all that padding. (laughs) What padding? (laughs) Those are some nice... uh, Nanoprobes. More like macroprobes. Macroprobes, Titties. Nice tits, girl. No complaints. So, uh, pigs in space. Mm. Pigs Uh, in space. So that's a reference to the Muppet show with Miss Piggy when they were in... In outer space. Mm-hmm. But in Star Trek Discovery, the tardigrade, this monster that they found on the ship, is not the monster that it seems, right? So mm. it, it's a monster to some people. I'd say Landry thinks it's a monster mm-hmm. if she even had thoughts anymore. Oh. <laughs> she might. She, she went, she, her chakra was, yeah, she got torn apart. And did, so, you, did you miss her? No. She was, she the, was, she was five the, seconds. She was the, one of the characters from Battlestar Galactica who wasn't aware that she was a, a Cylon. Mm-hmm. She's Kali. And so she's kind of typecast yes. now in, in Star Trek Discovery because now she's also this kind of unlikable villain or, or resistance. Mm-hmm. And so they just got rid of her. Yeah. Well, and also, too, is like once you get to a, like a sci-fi franchise, you, you can hop from one franchise to another because like once you're in with sci-fi they're like they're more ready to put you into something mm-hmm. else too but yeah I mean that you know you kind of knew because she started to turn into a, a real asshole and she was mean uh, to Michael Burnham she was mm-hmm. a jerk from the get-go and so you knew something was going to happen to her yeah well I mean she was a security officer so oh and yeah. they're all jerks right yeah they're all kind of mean so who are, who are all the jerky uh, security off Worf was a jerk Worf yeah Odo Odo, Odo, Odo was, was like the jerk. biggest Odo dick of a, them all yeah. <laughs> uh, mm, uh, uh, Sulu in the mirror universe um <laughs> Uh, Tuvok. Tuvok, he was a yeah. jerk. Tuvok's a jerk. And then also, too, was, uh, from Generations, we had, uh, God, what's her name? Crosby. Denise Crosby's character. Oh, yeah, Tajiar. And then Tajiar. Took over what, is that? what happens to the security officers that make them such assholes? I don't know, because you would think that they would want cool heads. Yeah. Like people, yeah. like Roadhouse, like Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. You want to de-escalate problems, Yeah, you want right? to de-escalate <laughs> the system. You want a Pat Swayze. <laughs> a guy who's studied philosophy, but also can just knock out fools at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> and so, well, they're so, going to have to get a new security officer now. 
Yeah, because uh, I guess right. uh, there was the the security officer Landry was very like, I'm not interested in being friends. I'm not here to make any friends. I'm not here to make any friends. She's like know. a reality TV show contestant. She she doesn't give a fuck about the well being of the tardigrade, which they nicknamed. The she, Ripper. She calls the Ripper. it. She's like, I'll call it Ripper, and Ripper, then she yeah. gets torn apart because that's well, what it does. It that rips was, things apart. Just, it seems very irresponsible, right? She's a very well-known, well-respected security officer, and then she's like, "Fuck it, I'm not going to have any p- protocols whatsoever. We're just going to like bait this thing and see what happens." She, Who knows? she doesn't even <laughs> say that. She's like. I'll just go in there and cu- fucking rip its cut, claw yep, off, and then you can off, look yeah. at it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, she's like, so open it up, idiot. And then she's like, so, well, she's like anesthet- okay. Anesthetize it or something. It was they were, she to, was yeah. just going to go and shoot it. it. She was like, I'm just going to shoot yeah. it. Meh. No, it didn't was, work out. God. So uh, she had to go. You seem disgusted, Brian. Nah, it was just dumb. It was a stupid death, and it was meaningless, and it was mean. It was very, like, rough. She got ripped apart, and no one gave a shit. Like, no one cares about her. Well, we knew Michael Burnham was just like... Go to the many. She, she was just like, all right. The captain didn't care. Again, you know. She wasn't even brought up again. Like, it was never a mm-hmm. big deal that she was torn apart. Like, no one cared. Well, what would you expect to be like, <laughs> let's all talk about that? That's sure, what happens. They torn apart. Well, they <laughs> do that. They <laughs> act know. like, oh, my <sighs> God. Like, this I'm person's dead her. or that person's dead. And then, so, like, when thing when people die, I mean, it just is all about the story. But mm-hmm. she was just, she was a plot device, and it was useless. It was yeah. Dumb. What is it that the Vulcan say when some there's a death? There's the well, needs of the know, many. There's like the, the right. good of the many out. Uh, the utilitarian yeah, about it. The yeah. few. Say that again. I'm sorry. I didn't catch the that. Needs the, of the few. That's it. Can, can somebody say it clearly for our audience's sake? The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few mm-hmm. or the one. <laughs> and, and this is uh, in reference to uh, which film Star was Trek: it? The Wrath of Khan, right. when we famously Spock dies. Yes, but in Star Trek Three, the Interpre- the head, the main Enterprise crew goes and uh, hijacks a ship, a, a ship to go save Spock, and he and Kirk says because sometimes the needs of the needs of the few outweigh the needs of the many. There you go. So basically, do whatever the fuck you feel like. Yeah, as long as you can justify it. You know that Vulcan logic. And you know, and in this episode, uh, sort of, a, we get into a very sort of a Star Trekky uh, explanation and discovery of, of what the tardigrade knowledge of the spores are and the ability to travel through space. And I'm just like, I mean, it's like. They're really the writers seem to be really uh, obsessed with mushrooms, and the ship is guided by a super pig. So yeah. they're just like high as fuck writing. Yeah. Well, it's show, just right? like turns out. Remember how in the last episode, fucking Captain Lucius Malfoy was like, uh, "I think that we can uh, fly around on spores, man." Yeah. And then uh, Walking Dead is like, "Oh, okay," and then. Um, Lucius Malfoy's like, yeah, cool, okay, and then they just happen to find this thing that can do the exact thing that they've been trying to figure out this right. entire time. Well, they have moved, it's just they couldn't navigate. They couldn't so they, navigate, They're using yeah. this pig thing uh, as a navigator somehow. Yes, they, now they just found, yeah, and they were able to build an interface that interfaced with this species that they've never met before. It's a thing called, it's rife with incident, mm. and that's just what it is. Like, turns mm. out, the exact thing we need is right here. And then it's like, and we have the thing that you can just hook up to it. Look at that. It's amazing. And now we're flying around. And not only that, but remember how the shields are about to go down because the Klingons are, and they keep saying, like, oh, only an hour left of shields because they knew, mm-hmm. however they knew that the shield no. was like, yeah, they keep shooting us, and uh, so apparently it's just an hour there's going to be left. So all the people on the mining planet are like, oh, no, the Klingons are going to kill us because they have to give you a countdown clock mm-hmm. because so that the drama seems like nail-biting tension, and then they just pop in, and then they're like, ha and then they leave, and then the Klingons shit, birds of prey just explode into each other, and it's like, ha man, we're great. Meanwhile, in Klingon world, this boring-ass shit just is going on, too. The that end. Was <laughs> there were some um, long-ass scenes with those Klingons, yeah. right? Yeah. And they're all well, saying the same thing. They just keep talking. 
while they're trying to figure in it Klingon. out because there's in Klingon, Klingon, yeah, you know, in Klingon. So it's, if you don't if you don't read English, it's it's going to be hard for you. It's like a French film. Right, yeah, it's like because yeah. people are sort of you know the only time mm-hmm. we see subtitles on television mm-hmm. is when you're watching a film from Spain or France or something. Yeah, like and that. Americans generally don't like subtitles, except it's a lot of it. just two people talking to one another with absolutely no right. visuals, nothing to it, make you interested in anything. So it becomes boring mm. in the same way that if it was just two people talking at one another, unless they're like amazing actors, but like. These Klingons, like, it's tough. It's also, like, the sentence comes up, and then they have to figure out how to keep talking in Klingon. And so it takes a long time right. to get to the next oh, word. Oh, you feel like they're pausing because they're like, shit, what's the next well, thing? Well, no, it's just the words when they're like, yeah. the speech rate is really, really slow. Yeah. Well, Foxy yeah. Kim, it's you're, you're our, our yeah. resident speech pathologist. Actually, you're getting a doctorate in yes, linguistics. Yes, actual linguist, yes. <laughs> what do you make of the Klingon so language? It is, so, like he said, it is very, um, it's very labored. The speech rate is really slow. I mean, when you when you sort of take any kind of oral language, right, speech rates sort of average out to be about the same across languages. They're not that different. But this, the Klingon is obviously clearly labored. It's clearly non-native to these people. Um, they need to speed it up, maybe. Um, and then the weird sort of... So instead of going... Right, and they're doing this weird thing where, like, you can tell there's something going on with, like, the sort of the, the the bumpy part behind your teeth is called your alveolar ridge, and that's clearly like way overdeveloped and causing them to have this sort of what appears to us to be like a, a speech impediment. Well, you and know that in, it's just kind in, of weird. For practical purposes, yeah. when they're filming Star Trek, all the actors go back into the recording studio and voice over their voices. In mm-hmm. some scenes, not obviously. Uh, a think. lot of the scenes, actually, yeah. yeah. Especially, I, I know that for for a fact, uh, Star Trek um, Voyager. Had a, most of its mm. scenes were done after the fact, yeah. And the, and and mm. so you know, in the movie Star Booty, famously, uh, one of the actors didn't show up <laughs> for that You're process, that. <laughs> and so some guy in the studio is like, "Auntie Star Booty, yeah. what's going?" You know, so hilarious. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and I participated 80. in what was it, a Klingon Christmas Carol once, and so the, the you know all the actors in that uh, you know spoke Klingon, mm-hmm. but they said sometimes they just kind of like they'd forget their lines or they just kind of make stuff up. But I, everything sure. was like trans- <laughs> everything was kind of like translated above. But you kind of got the idea of what they were saying, you know, well, what the sentiment was because you're familiar with the story. But the thing that they told us about the Klingon language is that it's a misogynistic language. And so if you want to make something bad, you feminize it. And, like, what's the worst swear well, word? What's the worst swear word that you can say in Klingon? What's the thing that they always say? Ka- Kaplak? What do they call it? No, that's a good thing. What's the oh. what they call it? Patak. 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 And that's basically a woman's sex organ. It's pussy. Yeah, it's the worst thing you can do. And so I thought it was interesting, you know, when when you had Latrell, right? Laurel, Laurel, Laurel talked to uh, Vok about like I want you to bring you home to meet my family, uh, my house. It was like the house had all these nicknames, like the house of watchers, the house of liars, the house mm. of deceivers, because that you know there it's a matriarchal clan, and so um, you know that's they have like these terrible rotten names because I guess in Klingon they just they just hate women. Well, the Klingon they the Klingon women they uh, run the house. They run the houses and the family issues. Mm-hmm. Right. They're not allowed to do anything with politics, or but mm-hmm. they they initiate sex. That's something that we mm-hmm. learned in uh, I think season two of Star Trek: Next Generation. They and they, you, right? they beat the shit out of each mm-hmm. other. <laughs> but um, yeah, mm-hmm. and the also you like, would the, make a good mate. <laughs> the also, um, but the big problem I think mm-hmm. also with like. Christmas Carol is written by Charles Dickens, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of good you things. You haven't read Dickens unless you've read in the original Klingon. I agree, <laughs> yes. The original. Um, but uh, <laughs> this, the prosthetics make it so you can't really emote mm. through facial like yeah, right. features. And I so mean, it's, it's just two people speaking right. at one another. And therefore, like, it's not compelling because mm. of that. Whereas with Dothraki, which is definitely why they're doing this mm-hmm. in Game of Thrones, they don't have a bunch of pla- uh, shit glued to their faces right. or anything. So they can actually emote and have actual, like, physical physicalities mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's not just two people 
talking at one Through another and yeah and not being able to, and as human beings we aren't mm-hmm. able to pick up on facial cues and things like that mm-hmm. because they're in a mask and that is the yeah. huge huge problem yeah. because when the klingons start talking at one another the show grinds to a halt, yeah. I feel. You kind of feel like you want them to molt like a crab and just have that come yeah. off and just like, let's have some kind of humanoid face under this. It is the uh-huh. problem with all that uh-huh. shit. Yeah. But let's talk about the fact that we're sort of getting to know the Lady Klingons mm-hmm. yes. better. Sure. And the main one's name is Laurel, right. as in Laurel Robinson from <laughs> Dreamgirls. Dreamgirls? What's what? that? What? I never heard one of One of the greatest musicals ever. And and Vok, I guess. Laurel is the one that replaces Effie, right? Yes. She's like, this is much as part of me as me and you. And, you know, Vok is 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 kicked out, right, of the Klingons. And Laurel says, and I am telling you, I'm not going. That was the only The only part no that one. was finally spoken in English was yeah. her singing that song. Yeah. Was Klingon yeah. opera. Yeah. It's Klingon opera. But <laughs> here's a little something. I'm just glad so we were able to shoehorn that in. She's from the House of Mokai. Guess who else is from the House of Mokai? Who? Janeway, <laughs> and the, when they made her into a Klingon, when the Herosians put her oh. into the hologram program, get uh, out of yeah, here! Yes, she said she was from the House of Mokai, and that she would never yield while fighting the Alpha Hyd- uh, the hmm. Herogen. the Alpha Hydroxy, the Alpha, alpha the Herogen. I'm from the House, cut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the House of Mechaleka High. So there's a Klingon named Laurel. There's mm-hmm. Klingon Effie. Dina Jones. Klingon Beyonce was weird. Yeah. That was, and then they had Klingon Eddie Murphy. They just oh, said wow. that. And, and I was like, wow. Yeah. They had a fat Klingon. Yeah, they, they, they had a Klingon, Klingon clump. <laughs> <laughs> the clump on. Yeah. It was weird when they Getting had all the, the houses. To the buffet. All the Klingons, the heads of the Klingon houses were all played by Eddie Murphy, which yeah. was amazing that he does that, but it, it just seemed like, why are we doing this? They spent so much money on it. <laughs> what did you think of the Klingons? <laughs> like, I went, when they, when they said, uh, which uh, Laurel said to Vok, like, I didn't see you complaining when you plucked the eyeball out of Captain Georgiou's you face. You sucked the it. meat from that her skull. skull Remember that time when we all ate the ship's captain, yeah. and then we were hungry an hour later? More <laughs> oh like Michelle God. Yum. That's what, they, that's what they said. And I was like, this is weird writing. Oh my uh, did it surprise you a little bit that they <laughs> I guess it seemed like it was a strange thing to throw in. Yeah, but I wasn't surprised. I don't know. I don't. Klingons consider, are cannibals. I don't consider it cannibalism though, because right. they're, they're, they're different right? species. It's like eating a dog, though. It's, but you can. You know, it's like eating a Klingon a, have a Klingon half human baby, right? You need special genetic modifiers to be able to do that with other species. Torres and, and Paris had she was a, a half uh, right, but she's half, and so they figured. So in like yeah. Enterprise, right? To Paul and. Tucker, like, it's it's hinted at in the future in one of the alternative timelines that, like, eventually Fox figures out how to manipulate the genetic code to do it. But it's not something you can just do, right? So does this mean um, that in the future so a gay couple can have a baby, too, since uh, interspecies can? Not or, if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> not my America. <laughs> you, would need, you would still need some kind of way to manipulate, like, mitochondrial DNA, right? So, like... Listen, we can get a, a, a pig yeah. to communicate with the ship. <laughs> but we can get a pig okay. to talk so to the mushrooms. Going back to that. We can yeah. have a baby. with. The, why not? Well, because, we I mean, That's Spock a, is alive mm-hmm. in Discoveries in Discovery time. Yeah. So right. it's happened, and he's half Vulcan, half human. Yeah, so it's already um, been established. Right, yeah, but which is, which makes sense, yeah. But you, it's not something that can just happen. Oh, I don't know. It, they I have to work at it. Prime they have to work at it. Or something, yeah. And she has a. Uh, uh, the the baby does have medical problems that the doctor has to address mm-hmm. in the womb, right. as we saw in an episode of Voyager. Right. And so yes. in this situation, it would be something very similar. You know, I just like that the fact that there's more gay men involved in this Star Trek series than there ever has been before, and you have, of course, you know, Anthony Rapp. Who's the ship's mycologist? He's a fun guy. And then there's Dr. Wilco- Wilson Cruz, who's a Puerto Rican doctor because yeah. he knows Puerto Rican judo. 
Dude don't know what kind of crazy shit oh Dr. God. Wilson Cruz is going to be doing this series. And uh, the, the the show, you know, Brian Fuller, uh, you know, who put it all together. He's gay? He's gay, too. Oh, man. And one of the show's head writers is also openly gay. Uh, do you also notice with um, Saru, they refer to them gender neutrally? Oh, they do? Yes. Oh, okay. Get out of here, girl. So I what have a theory. The my, friend, my friends and I have a theory about this. It's that I think it's not that Saru is necessarily like gender neutral or non-binary. It's that their species gender like alignments and sex alignments and things like that just don't match up with us. Well, I like maybe, to, but, when, or maybe they're not. Or maybe they're just like phase uh, type of gender where mm-hmm. right. instead of like you know the way that humans um, have you know babies and then die, mm-hmm. right? Um, some species actually change into something else in order to reproduce. So, like a right. fern, for example, um, cha- if you know, changes to something else and changes to something else, and then finally, so it's like a haploid cycle or like bees or something like that. It could be, yeah. So it could be something like that where it's actually just not even well, there was, mapping there was onto that, ours, but they, they yeah. do refer to ours as they. Michael mm-hmm. refers to them as they. That's it. That's interesting. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's also too is like there's a, a kind of a bit of a gay moment there when it's uh, Captain Lorca is, is yelling at Stamens about something. He gets all sassy back to him, and then Saru was just like, "You go, girl." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get gay. Just bucks, like this so. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as Brian is the one Brian's the, I didn't pick up on that heterosexual person here, and then we're all a bunch of gay guys going. Oh, the captain's gonna make yeah. me do this. I am not ready. You just wait and try to tell me to do this. I, I am a scientist. I am not a warrior. Okay. I agree. That is like the doctor, right? So it's like the the originally the doctor from the original series. I'm I'm a doctor, Dr. not McCoy? a McCoy. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like yeah, I'm a I'm a doctor, not a blah blah blah. You know? I'm a doctor, not an escalator. That's what he said in Friday's Child when a, a woman. But now you have Anthony Rapp uh, no, saying, I'm a, sci- cr- oh. "I'm a scientist, not a warrior." Not a soldier, yeah. So he's kind of they're sort of evolving that idea, right? Well, the doctor. But they've tried to redo McCoy all the time. Like they tried to do her. But Anthony Rapp is the is the McCoy of this series. He's he's the one who's just not having anything. He's easily upset, you know. And even though he's a human, the fact that he's a redhead who's gone silver makes yeah. him look sort of alien like, doesn't he? You know, it's like he's very pastel. Well, I didn't even recognize coloring. him initially as Anthony Rapp, and then someone was like, "Oh yeah, Rant. I was like, "Oh my god!" Didn't even recognize him. Well, when mm-hmm. the captain asked him uh, how long it was going to take to convert those spores, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> you already saw the. How, oh, oh, oh god, where is it going? Oh, 5, just finish 000, it. Twenty-five hundred, <laughs> six hundred minutes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. How do you measure? A light year, right? Oh, <laughs> <was it? laughs> and then, uh, what's her name? Adia Menzel? Aida Menzel? And it's something about how she shows her butt in the movie. Remember she what? Adia Menzel's in this movie? <laughs> she's, <laughs> in, she's in Rent. The movie Rent. Oh, oh yeah. I yeah. think that's where she met her well, ex-husband, Well, actually, Wilson Cruz and Anthony Rapp have co-starred uh, together earlier, not in this series, but they've worked together in Rent. I'm excited for musical. this. Yeah. I'm excited for their characters having eyes for each other in sick bay this episode mm. that was hot they'd be like your nose is all yeah. busted girl let me th- oh, you know like, it'd be nice he was like sit still now let me finish it and <laughs> I slap like, hey, yeah. for some reason I assume that they're already in a relationship I don't it's know not, like they didn't know each other I think yeah but that's how you that gotta was, act right I think because uh, like, it's hotter when, right, you, just, I think it's when hot, you fuck yeah. behind the doors and you just oh, turn shit yeah. into mushroom so sex who's the top dungeons the bottom in that relationship they're versatile there's no such thing as tops and bottoms Oh. It's, we're in post-scarcity Star Trek world. Everyone is first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, have, you, you have to be. Everybody has to bottom. Everybody has to top. Okay. Depends how you're feeling that day. How much you ate. How are you feeling today? <laughs> I feel good. I, well, I would imagine, you know, animals. if he can get his nose busted and then just with a little, you know, tricorder, <laughs> fix it, you can get your hole ripped open really hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just a minute later, you know, Dr. Dr. Cruz is like, 
Girl, your your whole your pussy is so busted. Don't Ain't come no in fissure. here. Yeah. How about like in Deep Space Nine when Worf would have sex with uh and he the whole busted <laughs> with Jackson? She'd yeah. be in the doctor's office. She'd be like, I've her got broken Yeah, she had like a her broken insides rib were turned into soup. Yeah. And yeah. Like, you like, have internal uh, bleeding. Oh yeah, yeah, Julian Bashir. You know yeah. he's he's and fucking he was so jealous because he's he was the bottomest bottom that's ever lived. And he's, he's an augment? What did they call it? What's the augment? Uh, yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's augment. Yeah. yeah. Remember that time where we ate the ship's captain? <laughs> yeah. like, let's go back to that. It's cool to be Klingon. Yeah. So they're out there for six months eating people. And uh, <laughs> and, and he even said uh, in Klingon, he's like, some of the crew have starved because we don't have food. And it's like, what the fuck is going on here? Six months. Yeah. Why? Where I don't is the rent? Yeah. How the hell did all those the houses of Klingons? They were just there, and they're like, "We're gonna be behind you," and then they leave. Right. But they can't like without call and be like, "Hey, you bringing some triscuits or some shit?" Like they don't <laughs> say anything. They they finish Michelle Yao, and then they're just like, "Let's eat the rest of them." I assume they, they ate stuck all of on them. that ship. The other thing too is like, you know, she finally convinces him to go get that dilithium uh, converter chamber on the other ship. Is like, why didn't you do that before? You already were eat- like, people have already starved to death. Well, because he said. Uh, no, because be the that's, honor. that's human, it's human bullshit. I'm not going to yeah. put that with Klingon. Like, we're great. And the woman's like, just fucking do it, dickhead. Yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck. And he goes <laughs> over there and he's like, oh, look, I'm looking around. I I was half expecting Michelle Yao to be like, I'm still alive mm. or some shit. Or come back from the mm. future or some bullshit. Mm. Because oh, yeah. cause it said in the beginning, it was like, special guest star Michelle Yao. Which I wish they wouldn't <laughs> do. I wish that they would do that type of shit. When there's... um sort of like a reveal of a mm-hmm. character coming back and I mean this for all television shows I like it a lot better and I think it works much better if it's once the show is over they can they then say like special guest star Michelle yeah, Yao right. well, I think because, the contracts require them to do put it in there because I guess it's like they can't pay her enough money no, I, I think that, you know, like, yeah, I think, it, yeah. but I feel like you can waive that, because I've seen it happen, being, like, special guest star, whatever, Yeah, at the it's end. better when it's more of a surprise. Yeah, right? well, so, like, that's yeah. That's kind of a good scene where she gets this package from her, and well, she's you like, don't I don't know, want to open it, gonna she, say, she's, she's like, say. girl, just open that thing. Mm-hmm. Well, don't you guys wish that, you know, they sort of missed the opportunity of using Michelle Yao as a crouching tiger-hidden dragon moment with the Klingons, you know, and really get some hot, you know, battle... Action and it was you just, want, want her to like anti gravity, like yeah, jump they, in the yeah, air, but Klingons, like Klingons can't though, especially in these whatever the hell those costumes they have in them, yeah. they can't move, so well, like you also, can't have any fight. People scene, were really but, excited of, of her casting in there because you know she's a very skilled martial artist as an actor, and the fact that they just totally didn't use any of that in, in, in shooting any of these episodes seems like a waste. They just wanted her because she doesn't have that. I don't know. Like, it's weird that she is, that she was cast in general because of how heavy and thick her accent mm-hmm. is. It seems mm-hmm. strange that she speaks English. Because you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is, that that, yeah. It just, it just seems like was, with all that, mm-hmm. like, dialogue and shit that she would get, it's weird that they got a woman or an actor in general who English is obviously, like, not... A first language or any type or like well, sure a normal language right. so that they just wouldn't let her speak in her native tongue because it seems strange for her to give this like is, these to give like speeches and stuff and be like why aren't you so just you talking she just spoken in Chinese she should have yeah. I don't know necessarily no, I mean, but I feel like it's either do that or get a different actor or actress mm-hmm. because it's weird that, that well, she's speaking you know, in English for no apparent reason they have well, universal translators why do you this is something I never understood in the mm-hmm. Star Trek universe. Why do you need to bother with it? Like, just mm-hmm. speak your native language. The universal translator go. does it. Well, she anyway. wanted to speak English because that was, uh, you know, the language of the ship. And you know, when you're on Discovery, you speak English. Damn it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think also, too, you know, with, with her, too, I think they took the chance because they knew she wasn't going to be on the show for very long, and so they wanted to have this character that was, you know, yeah, you know, the boss, but also like the mother figure to this person, uh, so that we would experience more of that loss. Well, we, I understand we want, that, but we it's need not Michael like to be broken. Even if you just 
there's cards. like there's a bunch of women of color that you could have gotten that mm-hmm. can that are also too. But you have to remember too. This is you know Star Trek Discovery is an international show too. So maybe they're just trying to ch- tap into the Chinese market. I just I feel like there's other. It's just it's a it was just a strange move to have Michelle Yao. I mm-hmm. feel in that role because <laughs> because they give her so much dialogue that I, it's that I don't know why. They have her speaking in English. Is all. It just seems like she's. It, it seems weird. It's like why would why are you speaking in English? Like why? Yeah, I would have. Kind of, now that you mentioned, I would have liked to have seen her speak some something in Chinese. I, don't know. I think her English was actually pretty good. As a someone who as someone who teaches Chinese students English on a regular, I thought she was great. So, it is no, it is. Yeah. It's very so, good. I'm just saying her accent yeah. is very heavy. So it seems. Oh. So I'm saying in the 23rd century. I'm just wondering why she would still be speaking English. Because linguists of, still can't do their job. I know well. I still can't do my job. Well. <laughs> I have failed you, Michelle Yellen. Michelle Yellen, so far. All sorry. this technology, so and you still can't pronounce, you know, Star Trek. She did okay. She just has that like she has that imperial like British British English, English that was like taught in East Asia accent. Like she's got it. Um, yeah. So Anthony Rapp <laughs> says, "If if you guys are gonna be doing all this warry stuff, I'm a scientist. I'm getting off the ship and I'm gonna take my toys with me." Mm-hmm. And Captain Lorca says, "Oh no, you better don't." Oh no, she better don't. Oh no, she better don't. And she says, "This stuff is mine." And he says, "Do you really want to go uh, on the? Ho- this, this is a discovery. We're on the forefront of the future. We we were like the Wright brothers." <laughs> Elon <laughs> Musk <Right> uh, <laughs> and, and uh, Zephyr and Cochran. Cochran yeah. And that's what Star Trek always does. It has one historical, one current figure, mm-hmm. and one future figure, yeah. right? And yeah. it's like, everyone's like, oh, great. Elon Musk is now part of canon. <laughs> <laughs> As if it's How much do you think this? he just fucking whipped it out and just started jacking it right when he saw right. it? And he was he like, was like oh my God, yeah. He's an a- Elon Musk is an alien sent here to help us. Mm-hmm. I still believe the conspiracy Why theory. isn't he helping then? He is. We're just not listening. Where? California's on fire. <laughs> he wants to put solar panels on Puerto Rico and he's like, I, I could do it. I'm just yeah. busy. But the, but the, you, oh, know, you know, the government needs to get their stuff together down there. That's a problem. Speaking of disgusting, horrible capitalist assholes, uh, oh, the Federation yeah. is supposed to be uh, this like post scarcity, but mm-hmm. at least on Earth, it's post scarcity. The Starfleet, but <laughs> we have this dilithium thing. So the only way for them, because so there's. Still, and this is the thing that I've argued about, about how the Federation mm-hmm. or the Starfleet's the bad guys and the Klingons actually didn't do anything wrong because they were just chilling. And then Starfleet came in and we're like, hey, we want to be imperialists. And they're like, no, thank you. And they're like, well, you have to. And then they killed us or then, they, then we killed them. Anyway, so it's just the same bullshit. But now it's just an intergalactic thing because of dilithium. Dilithium is like the diamond trade or whatever, and we just have these. It's the unobtainium in Pandora. Because when uh, the Admiral, I think, beams in and says to Captain Malfoy when he's like, she's like, hey, uh, the Klingons are attacking, and it's the one, the the planet that has 40% of our dilithium. Then it seems like it's, oh, shit, we got to get there. And it's like, yeah, this is the problem here. Like, if you want to put this forward as, like, we have to stop these, we have to stop the Klingons from doing this because this is, like, what they would usually do in Star Trek and be like, this is just an outpost that, you know, it's a hydroponic, blah, blah, blah. It's always some hippie bullshit. Mm -hmm. And But, like, for this, like, it seemed like she was, like, saying, like, this is an oil-rich nation. We have to go in and fight off the Soviets and act like we give a shit about the people. But we don't. We just care about the resources. And that was, like, a that's a big problem. Like, it was, to me, that part was just gross, that they wanted to stop the thing. And it had nothing to do with the humanitarian mission uh-huh. because all they did was blow up the. They fucking like laid photon torpedoes in the atmosphere and then let them blow up, and then they were just gone. And it just is. It's weird. Like this entire. They didn't f- stick around to find out if, if or, everything is okay. Or, or, it was or even or yeah. even have a line saying. Like already, like we, like blah blah. The ships, these ships are already landing there, and they're taking care of blah blah blah. That's fine. Like that's what they usually do because it has to be like there has to show that they actually care about 
people and mm-hmm. not just people, but life forms. And Star Trek Discovery is so much just about war and darkness and hatred that they give absolutely nothing to that side of what every single person talks about when we talk about Star Trek. And that's a huge fucking problem, I feel. Mm. And it's it's gross. Why do you feel they want to go so dark? Just because. Like, because I don't think that they know what they want with the show. I think Brian Fuller had a very specific idea, and then they started putting in things of what they wanted from Brian Fuller. He tried to work with it. Finally, he left. Then other people took over and tried to put together the best that they could and scrap together with Brian Fuller's ideas and everything else, Mm -hmm. and then tried to also make it and serve like three different masters of... And the actual, like, Star Trek fans mm-hmm. don't get any of it. Like, that's the weird mm-hmm. thing, because it's like... But it's always Star Trek of old seem kind of naive and yes, too earnest, in a way? Yeah. For maybe. Like, audiences now, because now we, like, you know, with Mad Men, Breaking Bad, we, we worship the jerks. The anti-heroes. Well, but, there's, Sorry, but see, the problem anti-hero. with that is, with Mad Men... Don Draper's not the hero. Like, mm-hmm. the, these people are not the hero. It shows the destruction, destructive costs of these things and that how people just make, how we all just make up lives and we don't care about, like, the people that we destroy and how gross that is. But it's one thing if, like, you're like, oh, like, I just want to show the dark side of Star Trek because it's cool and this is post-Dark That's Night, it. man, and, nothing, and everything no. sucks because it's post-9-11 or whatever. But it's another thing to make a fucking point constantly, every single time you talk about this new Star Trek show, about how Star Trek's important because it's the only show that showed a utopic future and looks to and, the sky. And, and it's this like, is not what this is. If that's but, what you're constantly going to fucking talk about, you have to do it. You can't just be like, Wonder Woman's great because it's going to show little girls. And then like have a, just like a movie of her just getting like loads blown in her face and then like spit and be like, you're just a whore and just walked away and be like, see, we gave you Wonder Woman. I didn't watch that movie. I, yeah, I was like, where's this I, movie? I, 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 no, I'm, I'm saying if you're movie? going to give us something and then bracelets, all if, those loads, if you're right? going to keep right. pretending like this is what the show is, no, and you're fucking lying to bring back Mad Men, like... You've, you're only doing this again because of mm-hmm. capitalism, because everything is about just consumption and selling pe- things to mm-hmm. think to people and people to people and everything. So you're lying. Like you, li- you're lying about this show. I would like to ask everyone here at this table. Okay, okay. I'm ready. What is Star Trek Discovery about? And I want to know in like one or two sentences oh. how you would explain what this show the main point of this show is and if you could the main point of this episode or even give me any description of any of the characters in this mm. of how they are and not about what they look like and how they act and stuff but like what is it like who is michael burnham we have no idea it's right. the fourth episode and we're supposed to be shown like she's having a moral problem. How the hell do we know that when we have absolutely no idea what her morality is, aside from she committed mutiny and started a war to her mother figure because she thought that it was the best thing for her? That's the only thing we know about this woman. There's And no one else we know about. We know that, like, Saru can... He can uh, check. Got he, threat, uh, yeah, uh, he can sense. Ganglia. Yeah. Calm ganglia. down, His Brian ganglia. Sweeney. Yeah. Well, is no, that like, hold on a second? Yeah. We're talking so about like, are no, we not supposed to be talking about what this show is? Is if it's not doing these things, it's failing as a show. It's think, failing for listen, what it's I don't trying know, I to do. I think I'm partly getting it. I think I'm she mentioned like, in this past episode yeah. about how you know you're judging people. You you know you're judging this creature, you know this giant pig by this one act, and she kind of was like you know because she felt that about herself. Everyone's judging me because I did this mutiny, but I, I've done a lot of other things. I'm, I'm not a, that person. But what else has she done? But they haven't shown us. But it's only episode four. I mean, I don't. We know. keep we, saying that, yeah. but it's four hours in, and like when you do a movie or you do a short story or you do, you know, a, a made-for-TV special like that's an hour long, you know someone's motivation. In a pilot episode, in a pilot episode, especially a two-hour yeah. pilot episode, mm-hmm. I, of all the Star Trek, say, mm-hmm. or any pilot episode. You are supposed to have an idea of who these people are, mm-hmm. what that means. Like in a go back to Mad Men, the pilot episode, the opening scene is Don Draper selling a cigarette to the bartender and saying, here's why, here's what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. It 
gives us a million things that we know who this person is now. There's nothing in Star Trek Discovery. But Brian, but, you also well, didn't like this uh, Voyager. Yeah, you know. I don't so know. I'm part of great. it is that Star Trek is about Discovery, and yeah. ultimately that's why they titled this show. It's it's right now in the way that it's written and developed. It's also very much um, sort of feeling it out. The the writers are just kind of like fumbling through it. They don't they don't think about this as a tidy. Um, a tidy story with tidy char- characterizations, and every so everybody's very aware of who and what is going on. Discovery is very much about a mystery that's being slowly revealed episode yeah. by episode. Mm-hmm. I, when I first saw the show, I assumed Michael Burnham's character was going to get fast-tracked into a captain's position, and it totally threw me for a loop. And so I that, to me, is the exciting part. So, yeah, we are on episode four. And, yeah, but after the pilot, I'm assuming, oh, yeah, so something's going to happen to um, the captain. Something's going to happen. And then Michael Burnham is, you know, number one, and she's going to get promoted to captain. We're going to have a female black captain. And, oh, my God, that's so cool. And then all of a sudden, nope, she's a mutineer, causes a war, gets thrown in a prison cell, and then is on a totally different ship. One thing that Discovery reminds me a lot is that one TV show where they have a lot of these crates with monsters in them. Mark, what was that one that you were watching that has an old guy and the... And the chick and the and the monsters always escape and basically every episode Friday the Thirteenth series. No, it was that one that was uh, a warehouse. Warehouse Warehouse Thirteen. Warehouse Thirteen. It it reminds me very much of Warehouse Thirteen in the sense that the ship has a lot of experiments Mm -hmm. going on, a lot of different monsters and Mm -hmm. critters running through it, and so every episode Mm -hmm. sort of gets us reveals one thing after another you know it's like I, I it kind of it's interesting like this that skeleton that we keep seeing in the room with the uh uh tilde the the pig monster mm-hmm. um is this a gorn yeah we're pretty sure it's a gorn we, it's a gorn yeah. skeleton Did and i see it again in this past we episode? saw it again and i'm just kind of wondering why now. they keep showing that specific because the gorn skeleton. will probably come up at some point in time too and yeah. you know because I, I think also too is like this is his little zoo i would also like yeah. to know, i mean he said like he's like these are the most powerful weapons in the universe <laughs> i would like to know before this war started, who the fuck was this captain? He was studying war, is what he yeah, said. Yeah, I think he but was. But why? Him. Why is he a captain? Like, what was Starfleet? Well, what? Starfleet makes mistakes too. Starfleet, and maybe I don't it was know. Their moral compass is weird. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, it's it's <laughs> weird that we're still going through this shit in Star Trek after fifty plus years of like. Are we scientists or are we war or warriors? And it's like, how many times are we going to talk about this? Like, this is what Star Trek is constantly talking about for some reason. They bring it up all the time, except in Discovery, like, there's absolutely, like, people are like, oh, well, whatever. Maybe because uh, we as a society haven't really fully answered that question We're ourselves. Wars. Right. Yeah. I mean, then, just, like, then make a yeah. stance and be like... No, because this that's is not interesting are. to watch. Right. Then it's boring. Then then, what? I mean, how is this then interesting? Then you get Captain Cisco just, you know, basically um, following Starfleet for no reason. Let's um. talk about how much we like uh, the flat assed Saru. <laughs> 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 Who, uh, he just seems like the character that every, every time he comes on the screen, I'm always like, ooh, what's going to happen now? You know? <laughs> he's like your bitchy he's gay best friend. Yeah. He is. <laughs> and he's got all With the gossip. Well, he yeah. even says, he goes, I know everything on this ship. And you're just like, have some tea with me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to know all your secrets. He's aware of it all, you know? And I, I do like seeing uh, Burnham and Sarah's dynamic mm-hmm. uh, unfolding. But it would be nice to see him actually like interacting with some of the other characters. And when yes. we saw him sort of interacting with Anthony Rapp, mm-hmm. that was really fun. And kind of gave him a knowing look like, mm-hmm, we got a crazy man for a captain. And we all sort of, you know, that's the thing I love about the Aliens franchise is that at the core of Aliens, it's really a workplace drama. And we've never really seen that in Star Trek until now, where you're having, you know, people sort of having a manager or a boss who's really awful, <laughs> and everybody's sort of having to make right. do with and, and all work the other around ones, people that. like yeah. respected the captain. They always believed in the captain. And these people are kind of like, oh my god, what's happening? With Nobody this likes captain? the captain. And when the fact the captain sort of showed the audio of the people being attacked throughout the ship. That was kind of a shitty move designed to make us not like him even more. No, that was um, 
to shame Anthony Rapp's character to statements to be like this is why we're doing this but it's manipulative this is why we're going yeah. it's, it's extremely totally manipulative. manipulative but you know so is uh, you know well, uh, Michael Burnham was manipulative too she only she brought uh, Saru into that chamber to bring him around the tardigrade and gave him these compliments right. to kind of put him at ease just to see if his little uh, his threat ganglioids would, ganglia would like be like perceive the uh, tardigrade as a threat or not. Wouldn't you want Saru to go on a date with you to know that this person this you know that you're going out <laughs> oh, with a chaperone? Is, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean he's a perfect they, wingman. That's but that's wing what his person. species that's what his species was bred for, right? So mm, I mean but it's just Deanna yeah. Troy. <laughs> it is. That's she's, she's, right, yeah. He's just, it, and he has the Without exact the same like characterization of just blankness. Like, mm, right. I, I agree with you. He is the most interesting character, and Doug Jones is interesting, and he, and I like how he plays it. But if you go pat through these past four episodes, all he's done is the exact same thing over and over and mm-hmm. over and over with the exact same people, mm. and he just mm. keeps saying like, oh. Well, I don't trust you. Oh, well, I'm scared. But I don't trust you. I can't trust you. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the entire goddamn thing that he does. Right. Well. And that's such a shame because, like, like you said, like, why would you not bring him to new people? And you'd be like, I have all the gossip. He didn't even know that she was still on the fucking ship. He met her in the in the turbo lift and was well, like, Lorca's oh, very like, manipulative. Oh. Lorca's even more manipulative, though. That's so the his, problem. So his ganglia yeah. weren't around. So I guess he, maybe yeah. he isn't threatened by her. But he his ganglia went up when he saw the. But that's also in the, the last rate. season. But, yeah, in the else? last episode yeah. when he saw the the shuttlecraft go away, and then so it does his ganglia just go up, and then he just ignores it because he's like, it happens sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> like <it's>, because <laughs> apparently he does. Because remember he just put it back, and he was like, oh, hmm, I don't know, maybe. I'm tired or something. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, in this episode, they harness the power of the space pig, and we've seen this kind of as a theme uh, in, in in Star Trek over the time with, like, the first episode of uh, Next Generation and Counter for, uh, at Farpoint. They trapped this being to create everything in Star Trek Voyager Equinox, the evil crew mm-hmm. of another spaceship uh, harnessed, what were the animals? To, and they've turned them into like it was like uh, no, it was like tiny uh, microbes or yeah, something, they, they, but they turned out dimension. And when you put yeah. them in well, your warp core or something, it made you uh, go faster, go faster yeah. and warp them warp so you can get home faster. But then they, they put a tiger out, in their tank. But yeah. then it turned out that uh, a tiger in my pocket, uh, <laughs> lion in my pocket. I mean, um, and then. Yeah, but then it turned out that they were people, so Jane was like, I'm not going to let you oh do gosh, this. Right, and then in Star Trek for the Voyage Home, they captured a whale. <laughs> that was to stop the destruction of the world. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, the devil in the dark, the people, there was a mining uh, colony, and they were being uh, attacked by the Horta. William Shatner's favorite episode. Oh, really? Why is that his favorite his episode? His father died during the filming. Oh, so he was like, and, good dad. Yeah, dad. and he was really happy. And so when he took his hands away from his father's neck, as he lay dead he, and he he <laughs> high-fived uh gracely whitney no um because uh he had to leave and then when he came back like the crew was like helped like kept keep his mind off it and he just had a very it was like his family and that's there. you know and that and that scene famously um Spock did a mind meld with the with the horta. Pain, 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 <laughs> pain. <laughs> and I was kind of surprised that we didn't see Michael Burnham do a mind meld uh, herself with the tardigrade. Why is she a fucking raised by Vulcans? There's a great question. Why? Klingons, I know killed, that Klingons died. killed her parents. I know yeah. that. No, I know why, but oh I'm saying. God. You're not liking this from series. a yeah, writing like, standpoint. And why I are you just, hating it on Discovery? I'm, no, listen, I'm giving you the exact listen, reasons yeah. why. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you exactly why, and I you just go it. like, "Well, I thought it was cool that this happened," and uh, but like, I'm just saying, like from a writing standpoint, the fact that she's Vulcan has yet to inform anything. Mm. In what she has done, she's very logical. It, she's yeah. smart as hell. It makes her very smart, and she, you can be a smart fucking person in Starfleet. Well, and also she, and she be human. because, like, she's got that, you know, that because she thought it was a thing to do because that's what, uh, you know, that Katra inside of her told her right. to do. Right? To do no, that, yeah. that was afterward. Okay. Because she mutinied because she talked to Sarek mm-hmm. on the right. hologram and then he talk, told her about the Vulcan hello. Mm-hmm. 
Then when she was in the brig after the mutiny is when the Katra thing came into, which has yet to also come up. And, like, it's like, yeah, we're on the fourth episode. But they still, they only have 15 episodes. Mm -hmm. And that is going to go by really fast. And if you're not going to try to get, we keep saying, like, they're only on the fourth episode. And we keep saying that every single week. But you can't do that. Like, with the first, it's like a song. Like, if you don't get hooked within the first few seconds, you're going to change the station. And that's what you have to do. You have to get a reason for why people would come back every week. Mm -hmm. And they don't have it. Like, I... If it's it's just it's frustrating because it's all like there and there's interesting stuff but like it's not cohesive and it's not compelling enough. And the tardigrade like no one has even said like they just said like that's our new navigator. They didn't talk to the captain about that. They just had it. So does the captain still want to use him to kill Vulcans to and I assume they do. Are they just going to use this thing to kill all of Vul- or, uh, Klingons, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I like, so are they going to try to, I guess, breathe it, I guess, and then make a bunch of them and then let go as a biological more, like, weapon? The, the mushrooms in space stuff, right? I guess, yeah, but, yeah. like, it's weird that, like, also, why is he eating all that? Kevin, he was eating shrimp. Where's he getting shrimp? Whatever. He's replicating um, it. Replicating it, yeah. That was a really interesting scene where the replicator, we get, sort of get really in-depth into wh- how the replicator works. When when the cost, when the the costume yeah. was made that was awesome that was really good yeah. that was a great the show looks amazing mm-hmm. yeah the show's very pretty. Uh, the ship spinning yes ship spin. well, oh my god we haven't talked about it it's like a, a, a fidget spinner well fidget it explains spin. why you need the two with the spores and why you have to have the two spinning what? Whatever. <laughs> the spore warp. It's a yo-yo. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, because it's like I, I didn't. Sense, I don't think right? I. I. I was like, wait a second. Is that spinning? I was like, holy mm-hmm. shit. So the 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 what do you call it? The disc, not the yeah. disc. The, uh, the 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 saucer. The saucer part. Like that's spun. Yeah. Like for one no way, reason. Like yeah. the one way, and then the spun another way too. Right. The center well, spins counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just like, may you imagine being on that thing and like, oh, sit, hold on. Man, no, that's gravity. I hope your inertial dampers are the inertial damper yeah, yeah, will yeah, take care fine. of that. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> and then the whole thing. So those the disc is the center of the disc is spinning counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. The outside of the disc is spinning the other direction, and then the whole thing is spinning like a top. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a lot like spinning like a top. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's a lot like Spock's jellyfish ship from the 2009 old oh, Spock yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that, yeah, yeah. that runs on red stuff. Yeah, you yeah. know who made it? Who the Vulcan Science Academy? Jordy LaForge is Get the one who is, yeah, they, that's, that's shown in the uh, comic book, the tie-in of, like, the prequel, that Jordy LaForge was the one who made the jellyfish ship. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about the computer's voice. Is the computer's voice the same woman that is the voice for Alexa, the home computer? Probably. I looked that up, and yeah. I don't think so, but it is. It's, it's very similar. It's a it's a working. Uh, That's called product placement. Yeah. Right. And my, my friend said yeah. he was uh, coming home, and his cat always tries to sneak out. So as he's opening the door, he goes, Alexa, what sound does a cat make? And then, like, the Alexa machine starts meowing. And oh so the goodness. cat runs to the machine instead of, tries to, instead of trying to get out the oh. door. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> okay. So the room where Lorca... I, I just wanted to <coughs> bring up this uh, little gay moment. Um, oh. So Takei, George Takei's oh famous <laughs> scene Ooh. in Star Trek is when he went mad. Mm. And he took his shirt off and he's... Fighting people yeah. with a sword, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Naked so, time. That Lorca. sword is not in there, is it? The, the so Lorca yeah. is in the room, and they says, these are the most powerful weapons in the galaxy. And the background, his sword is, is hanging oh, up really? there. The kata- nice. They call them katanas? katanas? Yeah, but yes, that wasn't what George Kata... Yeah, what Sulu was at. He, Sulu had a normal sword fighting yeah. thing. Well, that's, like what, Errol that, that's what they call them, right? No, the katanas no. are samurai swords. Yeah, that's, that's what they had. Sword. Sword. Oh, oh, it was, uh, was oh yeah, I'm yeah, disappointed. I thought that was yeah, a reference. No, no, no. A Takei reference. Well, Takei comes no. later. 
He does. Uh, yeah, this is pre. Well, I come all this the is time. Pre- yeah, this oh, yeah. is before yeah. that. Yeah. I just, you know, ten, 10 years, years before. Ten years before. before. He's yeah. still yeah. living in that concentration yeah. camp in yeah, Alabama. Ten years before. He's oh. like an end. <laughs> that is in California. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it California? Yeah, well, part Pat, of it is, Pat Maria you know, was in the same. Oh, really? Part of it is. Listen, some of our happiest memories in terms of science fiction and in television is watching the Star Star Trek as a whole, whether it's Voyager, the original series, Deep Space Nine, next. Generation Enterprise and now Discovery. Um, you know, it's not always about the series delivering something that's going to be nailing what Star Trek is about. And right now, obviously, Discovery has a lot of work to do to get up to speed in the way that the other series have in the past. And it may never, you know, it may it may go the way of Enterprise. It may be a failure. But I'm really glad that somebody somewhere is pouring a lot of money and at least making an attempt and that we're able to do this podcast and bring up a lot of the, the really wacky, fun, uh, bizarre ideas that are inspired and, and popularized by Star Trek. I would just like it to have something to say. Like it doesn't even have like a core concept in these episodes. Like this episode, I learned we need to be nice to space pigs. Always treat your space pigs. Well, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. them drugs. What do yeah, they do when you're when you're done having sex? But they don't. They, you I come the, over here and do a podcast. No, no. The, <laughs> <laughs> when you when you're done with a sadomasochistic sex, there's something you're supposed to do afterwards. You release them. What do you no, mean? you're supposed Safe to cuddle word. somebody and and be nice mm-hmm. to them. After you beat them up. Oh, I, I don't know if that's always in the rule book. That no, that's a, that, I was reading about that on the internet. What True. I do is I throw a washcloth. I say, wipe your face off and get out of my house. <laughs> but it's not in sort of self. Is it a warm washcloth? It's something no. like self care, oh, but it's like it's taking care of your slave bottom. Aww. Should we go to La Depot and <laughs> should we go figure it out? <laughs> see what oh, yeah, you were should saying we record it? La Depot, <laughs> just like La Depot in, in yeah. Star Trek, you yeah. know, people who run security just yeah. don't know the, what yeah, the fuck they're doing. Yeah, but apparently it's all just. So it's just one big gay allegory for everything. Well, and I really do appreciate that that at least, you know, they're bringing a lot of gay elements and strong black women and um, a lot of feminists. And yeah, I mean, minus Lorca being a white savior, but OK. Well, he's not really a white savior. He's, he, he's kind he of a villain. He her from prison. Well, not really. I mean, he's yeah, using he, he, her. But she's slave he's labor. Sure. But he offered no. He he's, does white savior. I'm not saying this is a good thing. Being no, white but I'm saying I would say he, the opposite. He, he's no, no, a he, villain. He plucks her from. Uh, no, a white savior can be a villain. He plucks her from her prison ship and basically is like, ha ha ha. I own you now, but I'm doing this for you. It's good. Wink wink. He's being that white person trying to be good intention, but really he's not even good intention. No, it's slave, it yeah. He's, he's a prison warden. I'm, who's I'm not. Doing, dis- I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. He. He is a white savior. It is a white savior complex where he thinks he is doing so much good for her by get, saving her from prison and taking her in on the ship and making her. But he's forcing her. She didn't have a choice. But Sarah yeah. would be the white savior, even though he's greenish. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even know if she's a strong black woman because they don't tell us anything about her. Like I said, she got she started a fucking war. Um, like, I don't think she's, I also disagree. She did not start that war. That was going to happen one way or another. She's a mutineer. But she didn't start a war. Mm. But it, we, we know that she can hold her own in a cafeteria fight. Yes. <laughs> yes, God. they never show um, the violence that black people can do like they, as well as they should. <laughs> Thank God, finally, a show is doing that. <laughs> Brian Sweeney, uh, thanks so much for uh, joining us all today on What the Track. We are now on um, iTunes as a separate podcast. Yeah, You can search What the Track. And not the other one, but this one. This one, the fun one, from Feast of Fun. Oh. Feast of Fun, yeah. We're going I, to war with what the oh God. other Trek. What the well, they trek. don't mention us, so we should, probably shouldn't be mentioning them. But people who war. are searching for what the Trek on iTunes, you, you're going to see somebody uh, said, a good idea is a good idea, and, and, and use the title that we were using. But... Uh, you know, I think it's a it's a common reaction to Star Trek sometimes is that mm-hmm. some of the episodes are not clearly thought out. I mean, certainly, you know, some of the more ridiculous mm-hmm. episodes of Star Trek are also mm-hmm. some of my most favorite, you know, uh, Shatner fighting, <laughs> fighting the Gorn or, you know, Janeway with the um, the coffee and that nebula or or it's the ones you love. 
Yeah, that, that, that ridiculous aspect of science fiction to me is why the macro I watch. Macrocosm, macrovirus episode, yes. The total, you know, <laughs> alien ripoff. So <laughs> and to me, it's like, that's, yeah. that's what I'm looking forward here in Trek. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's bringing in a lot of campier elements to it in a very serious series. And hopefully, you know, it'll uh, satisfy people like Brian Sweeney. Or well, next episode. Probably not. <laughs> Hardcore Fenton Mud. I'm so excited. Who's Fenton Mud? What? He wasn't on Voyager. <laughs> he wants Sorry. you to explain. Can to you the explain yeah, for you the audience? Yeah, yeah, I like, so. You're yes. like you don't know. Well, he's uh, Hardcore Fenton Mud is a galactic swindler, a con man. Uh, he is on two episodes of the original series, one episode of the animated series. Mud's women. I mud. Mud's planet. I forget. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. He, so, that's what can we look forward to in the Some next episode? Rain, Rain Wilson plays yeah. Mud. Well, I don't know how much comedy because it just again. <laughs> It's darkness well, and war there, there, and the captain being uh, tortured. Yeah, so, yeah, so hopefully Mud will be... He'll be a little bit comic relief snarky. But he's he's smart. He's a swindler. Uh, he's uh, he's a con over, over the top character in, 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 the, uh, in the original series. Um, who always kind of like... He thinks he's going to get on top. But in the end, he always ends up on the bottom. But he also kind of gets away with it, hey. too. So Wasn't he the guy who was involved with the Tribbles? Nope. That was somebody Did you see else. the one Sarah on his no desk Jones. this episode? Yeah. Did you see the triple on his desk? Uh, yeah. Um, they have like, them every yeah, single episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's it before, yeah. Yeah. I, I, didn't didn't I didn't see yeah. it in this, this episode. episode. They didn't have the sound, but they, they yeah. did have the it triple. It was there. Yeah. yeah, it was just chilling there. Okay. And I was like, hey, maybe it was yeah. dead. Yeah. Hey, why would he have a triple? It doesn't make sense. Because it's one of the most powerful weapons, weapons. in the universe. But then he should have in the war room. So what if it ate a shrimp? He'd have, a, he'd have a million. He has food there all the time. He had fortune cookies because his parents used to make them or some shit. San Francisco, that's where Starfleet headquarters. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Yes, but I'm saying you can't have those near the Tribbles. Oh, oh, really? oh yeah. shit! That's well, maybe this one's been, maybe it was just a prop. Maybe like he a little... eats the tribbles. Oh, that's cannibalism. Why, why <laughs> is he sensitive to light? When will we find? Yeah, out? that was a weird. Because he's like, not fully human. Duh. Be, be for cinema, cinematography purposes. Oh, okay. All right. Um, uh, we have a T-shirt on the Feast of Fun store. The boldly mo where no homo's gone before. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Thank Brian Sweeney for coming up with the concept. Yeah, I guess I, I and just did it for as, the design. I just kind of you know posted it on there, and I was just like on social media, and people are like, "I want to buy this," and I'm like, "People want take boldly my money. mo more than Final Front Queer." Yes, because mm. probably the uh, part of the issue is that when you wear um, you know T-shirts that have a gay meaning to them. Uh, you want them a little bit in code. Yeah, you want them coded a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. just so it's like... You don't want to be like, I like to serve dicks. Because Brian's yeah. other concept was, uh, what was it? Lick, uh, lick dong? Uh, lick dong and prostate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's like, that's overt. Yeah, that, that's very overt. But I think it's pretty good, especially when you do that, like, little Vulcan salute there. It's yeah. like the shocker, but yeah. instead it's Get the I, I feel like it's yeah. Andersonville walking around Andersonville. Lick Everyone's okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, finally. I want to remind folks, too, is that uh, we are doing a Kickstarter for our web series, Cooking with Drag Queens. It's a documentary-style web series where we follow the lives of these fantastic drag performers and then we bring them in them into the home kitchen and we cook fabulous meals with them uh we have uh, less uh, just about a week eight, to, day, eight, eight days to eight go. days i'm sorry seven days to go and we have to raise about ten thousand dollars so we can Jeez. do it if everybody just pitches in a little bit uh go to cookingwithdragqueens.com and uh check out the fabulous rewards or, you know, if you don't like Cooking with Drag Queens and you want to make sure <laughs> that it's canceled, dead, and buried, just like Star Trek Discovery <laughs> may eventually get. They said uh, second season is looking good. It's been sold already. No. Yeah. They're, still, they're still in talks, it said, but it's looking good. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Awesome. So Search more, more to torture have, Brian Sweeney. Because we're going to have, what, seven like this time around, then there's going to be a winter break, and then they'll come back with like seven more or something. Oh, I have yeah, no I idea. think they're going to be oh, going on God. break for like a, a month. Well, or CBS two. All Access says they doubled their subscription rate, but considering they probably had zero, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we've raised it by two hundred percent. And I'm like, well, and kind of for us, you know, we have seven days to go, mm-hmm. and we need to raise uh, ten thousand dollars basically in in seven days. 
And pretty much if every single person who's pledged so far just doubles their pledge, we can get to that point. Mm-hmm. And save Cooking with Drag Queens. You know, we're, we're doing a lot of exciting things. I'm thinking we should have a hot dog eating contest with a queen. Ooh, Ooh phallic. <clears throat> yeah. I think that the might be actually kind of exciting. I think it might be really fascinating just to, to you know, do like a outdoors for the summer. Because the summer fairs in Chicago are a lot of fun. Yeah. And work with a gay bar and have one of those, like, you know, how do they do the hot dog eating contest in Coney Island? I mean, mm, why yes. not? <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I yeah. won. Uh, I think the only thing I ever won in high school was a Jello eating contest. And you know what the secret mm. is to eating Jello? You just stick your face because you don't give you a spoon or anything like that. You just suck it in, just <laughs> to swallow. Did you win? I won. You. I won by a landslide. Oh my god! <laughs> I was just like I sucked it all up. I was like, oh my god, you guys aren't even like halfway done. You gonna finish done. yours? <laughs> <laughs> you go, and girl. I still love Jello to this day. It's There's great. always room for Jello. Mm. Always. Yes. Foxy Kim uh, yeah. performs regularly at Skyland. Skyland. Yeah. So I'm there every Thursday and Sunday. Yep. Uh, and, that's a gay uh, bar in Chicago. Yes, on Halstead. Yeah, in, in Boys Town. And Brian, uh, yeah. Brian Sweeney, you just graduated uh, from another class at. Uh, Improv Olympics, huh? No, it's Uh, it's just called I.O. now, right? I.O., yes. Uh, And next week you're having your... uh, My my final show is Sunday. Yes. I'm very popular. I'm hilarious. I say really funny stuff. Everyone should come. This uh, Sunday night? This Sunday to I.O. Fly here, if you have to, to Chicago. And I will say hello to you and talk to you about Star Trek Discovery or whatever. I'm Mark Fillion. I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Brian Sweeney. What's your name? Oh, and I'm so sorry. And I am Foxy Foxy Kim. Kim. Thank you, Foxy. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.